Hey, Tony, I like video games. Oh, hi, Jake. I like video games, too. And this is another brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. I like that this is now a common thing that we do. Like, every episode, you do, like, a little musical sting after we introduce uh, right. the podcast. And they're always, I love it. And they're always really bad. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's the effort, and I appreciate that. So... <laughs> Thank you, Tony. A for effort, just like in school. <laughs> exactly. That's how they do it. Every single time. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of <laughs> A for effort, terrible transition. Anyway, Tony, tell me. Tell me, what have you been playing recently? Oh, I've been playing some stuff. Um, you know, typically I like to spread myself kind of thin and touch a lot of different games um, You know, in between our episodes. But... Uh, this time I, I got really sucked into one that's really a, a massive game that is very popular all around the world. Uh, it's a little game called Monster Hunter World. Um, Ooh. I, I picked it up on the day of release on PC and started to get into it. Had a couple of friends that were, were jumping into it there. I had some other friends play it on PS4. Said it was a really good version of it. And I was like, you know what? Let's give this this thing a shot since it's you know such a big thing in Japan and it has like really mm-hmm. really diehard fans. Man, it's real cool. Like I didn't think I'd like it at all at first because it seems like the type of game that is very obtuse and like there's just a lot going on in that game. Not much of it's explained. Um, it's usually pretty difficult um, and some of the mechanics are just really uh, obscured. Uh, in mm-hmm. some way, but but man, the game is just incredibly fun. It's it's its own genre. Like it's 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 I can't compare it to any one game because it's there's so much of it that's wholly just Monster Hunter, just like a hunting game. Um, but I mean, if you if you had to to like say it's like another game, it's I guess it would be you know it's a little bit like a dark souls where it's like punishing difficulty against like really hard enemies. And you have to be very cognizant of your, your inputs. Uh, like you can't just mash on the button and, and, and hope that you're going to defeat the monster. Uh, you have to be, uh, you have to pay more attention to that, but man, it's the loop of going to your home base and like going through menus and like kind of upgrading your gear and all that stuff. Um, is, is okay. I'm usually not into like grindy type games like that, but mm-hmm. the the actual gameplay loop of going out into a world, finding a giant monster, and the and the monsters are huge. Like it's they make you feel <laughs> very very small, but it's uh-huh. so satisfying to track these monsters, uh, fight them. The fights are always really dynamic. Each monster is very very different from one another, um, requiring different strategy each time. Um, it's it's really really fun uh it's it's so it's so interesting it's such an interesting weird game that like i'm glad that this version of the game exists because apparently this is the most like newcomer friendly version of monster hunter ever and like Mm -hmm. there was a moment where i was like well maybe i'll I'll pick up this this version that's coming out for the switch uh i played the demo and i was like nope no 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 nope can't do it (laughs) because it's like if you don't purposefully purposefully go to your item box and pick up a map you will not have a map for the like for your hunt if you don't mm-hmm. purposefully pick up these certain items that the game doesn't like necessarily say you gotta have this for this other thing to work um you could just get boned and then you waste a bunch of time like it 
that part kind of sucks. But you know, Monster Hunter World does a lot of things that that makes it easier for you. Um, like you can change your item loadouts almost on the fly when you go to like a camp. Um, they will guide you a little bit to where a monster is. Like if you have hunted a monster a bunch of different times, it'll give you like a kind of a glowing trail that leads you there. So you're not just endlessly running around this giant map trying to find your monster that you're trying to hunt. Um, right. It's, it's really cool. It's still stupid in a lot of ways because it is a Japanese <laughs> online game. So they haven't figured out exactly how to like get your friends into a party. And mm-hmm. you have to watch these stupid, stupid cutscenes when you're doing a, 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 like a story quest and they're unskippable. They're, they're unskippable, and it's just like anime nonsense that just doesn't make any sense. And if, but Tony, anime nonsense is like your wheelhouse. I do love anime <laughs> nonsense. You're right. I do love anime nonsense, but this is even for me is like oh god, terrible. And um, but like let's say Jake, you're playing the game for the first time, and I'm like okay, I want to play with my buddy. I want to show him around. If you try to do a story mission and you haven't watched a cutscene yet, I cannot join your game until you watch that cutscene. So whether that cutscene happens at the first 30 seconds of the mission or 15 minutes into the mission, I can't join you until that cutscene is over. It's what? A, it's stupid. It's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But other than that, the game is great. Uh, I highly recommend people checking it out if you're into – if you want to get into something that's wholly new um, and uh, can be quite a time sink. But that, that's what I've been playing. Jake, mm-hmm. what have you been playing since uh, our last episode? Well, uh, Tony, you know that I have some weird uh, subgenres of games that I have a strong affinity towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those, I would say a pretty almost extinct uh, type of game, is uh, the tower defense genre. Oh, no. And <laughs> one of the kings of tower defense games, uh, Bloons Tower Defense, just got a new sequel for mobile, Bloons Tower Defense 6. Uh, recently came out, so I have been playing so much of that game, it is stupid, because, you know, mobile game, I get to have it everywhere, and I just, I just love it, I mean, I don't think it's done a a whole lot to, like, you know, revolutionize the genre from, you know, five to six, but it's still, you know, really solid, there are, uh, like, it's a, uh, like a paid game, I think it was, uh, five dollars and then there's like some uh microtransaction stuff but it's never mandatory the game's completely like unlockable and uh beatable without it and i don't know i just i don't really have much more to say about it other than it's a great tower defense game and they're so hard to find especially with how just terrible and like samey the app store can be which is where they just generally end up being yeah yeah um because there's not like a market for you know premium tower defense games um so just like seeing uh the ninja kiwi that's the developer i put out another one still solid didn't like fall down like, like a microtransaction uh hole like it's just a good, really great game and if you're at all interested in tower defense games definitely recommend it is it is it like endlessly repeatable or is it like here's like 30 missions that you have to go on or is it like every time you play you get like a kind of a different thing thrown at you yeah so there's um i think it's a good amount of maps like uh like 
maybe 20 or so of like varying levels of difficulty basically how much overlap on the track there is and like how short the tracks are like multiple splitting tracks and whatnot just that layout alone can make the game more difficult then there's a base like easy medium hard on each one which uh will make you know make uh there be more rounds um things will be more expensive and then like within that there's like kind of like branching sub challenges like only use one specific type of tower which in this case is um they're monkeys that throw darts <laughs> at balloons. <laughs> well, that great. So it's perfect. Don't don't hate on it. It's great. It's gets charming. It has a fun aesthetic to it, and it's just you know it's a very deep game if you put it in the time. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I'll I'll have to check that out. I'm not a big tower defense guy in general, <laughs> but I mean, don't lie it, to me, Tony. I know you're not gonna play it. <laughs> I'm not gonna play it. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna play that game. Um, but but uh, but yeah. So it, it, I'm glad that we're that you, you're playing something that's uh, kind of off the beaten path a little bit. I, I guess I'm more of the mainstream gamer here, uh, playing Monster Hunter. Which that's a weird sentence. I'm a mainstream right? gamer that playing Monster Hunter. That's fucking weird. Um, anywho, so um, this episode we are playing the game binding of isaac which is like the indie classic um probably one of the more well-known indie games of the last couple of years um and we have a guest uh after the break we'll be joined by my good friend mr tony 2.0 uh who i've known for for years and years now um gaming buddy of mine who is also an aficionado in the game so we'll have uh, an expert on uh, to talk about this game, but uh, yeah, Very exciting. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed. So uh, join us after the break, and we'll get into the binding of Isaac. back uh welcome everybody back to the episode hey i like that game uh so we have a guest with us for for this episode of binding of isaac uh like like suggested before my good friend tony 2.0 2.0 how you doing my friend good guys how are you guys doing today yeah, real good real good i'm excited yeah. to talk about binding of isaac this is oh me too yeah this is genuinely one of my favorite games that i've ever played that's that's great. So uh, for those that don't know, The Binding of Isaac, uh, I guess we would describe this game as a like a twin stick roguelike game. So every time you play it, um, it's going to be different, different items, different room layouts. Uh, when you die, that's it. Your character is gone and you start the run again. Um, but this game is is very unique in the sense that um, its art style is um, amazing. Is the word you're looking for? <laughs> it's definitely unique. Yeah, it's it's one of a kind. I would say I've never really seen a game like it outside of um, the other game that is well known from the uh, the developer uh, Ed McMullen. He uh, he is part of Team Meat, who put out Super Meat Boy. Yeah. So you could kind of see some of the similarities in, in the look of the game a little bit but the binding mm -hmm. of isaac is very um 
very it's like gruesome but at the same time it's like cartoonishly demented yeah they, they yeah. definitely both have the same kind of uh, dark humor behind uh the animations as well as uh, kind of the storylines and so um i actually started playing finding of isaac after i had uh, invested some time into super meat boy ah okay so you were already a fan of you know that that style of game because this game, much like Super Meat Boy, is very hard. I, well, I think this game is can be punishingly difficult at times. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and actually, mm-hmm. once you get accustomed to the uh, controls, the game becomes rather simple, and it becomes less about completing the game than it does uh, about finding the correct item um, kind of pairings. And so for players, particularly ones that are still, like, streaming it, um, one of the cool parts about Binding of Isaac for me is that no run is the same. Um, Each of the items has different synergy with other items, and that makes, uh, you know, endless possibilities, basically. Um, With the additions of uh, some of the DLC and the newer version of Binding of Isaac, that expanded that even more and made it... The replayability is just unbelievable in that game. Yeah, I, I completely agree on that fact that there's um, there's a lot in this game. Like, for the package that you're buying, um, there you're going to definitely get your money's worth. Um, there's, yeah, it's, like, truly never-ending. Yeah, yeah there's... And, and, you know, not to mention that on every Steam sale, this game is $4. It, it's mm. one of those games <laughs> that um, there's virtually nothing that should prevent you from at least giving it a shot if you have a like of um, procedurally generated games or platforming. I even think, just for the sake of just, like, a novel experience, people should just pick up this game. It's ludicrously cheap now. It's a good time. It's it, it's a new experience. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a very good point. And, yeah, yeah. And, and as I've stated before, I feel like this has the greatest storyline of all time. There's, there's yeah, nothing so, better. So, so uh, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So, like, the thrust of this game is you are Isaac... Your mother has gone crazy. It's kind of, it's, so the Binding of Isaac is also like a biblical verse where, you know, Abraham tries to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Um, and, you know, God says down to him, you know, you're going to have to kill your son uh, because of whatever reason, you know, faith and all that stuff. And when Abraham's about to do it, um, God's like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't, don't do that. Like, and he's like, okay, I'll just kill the goat instead. But it's basically... Beautiful. You shouldn't teach a course on theology. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to Catholic school, man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, but yeah, I mean, you know, Isaac's mom has, has heard the voice of God tell her that her son is evil, and he's going to spread this evil if she doesn't kill him. Um, and in an attempt to flee from her, he ends up uh, basically going through a portal through hell in his basement, um, which is where the game takes off. And, um, you know, Edmund had put in so many cool little things that I have uh, about 550 hours in this game. Jesus. And I still have not even scratched the surface of kind of the... There's like um, a story with the Afterbirth Plus um, DLC that Mm -hmm. is more of like a a role-playing style to it where you find these special characters and this phone number that you have to find. And I haven't even started that stuff yet because I just like the base game that much. 
Right, right. So, <laughs> so yeah, like the main thrust of the game is, you know, mom wants to kill Isaac. He jumps into this this cellar of his basement, which is actually like a portal to hell, and that's kind of where all the demented visuals come from. The really dark, gory stuff kind of comes from that. But kind of like you said, uh, 2.0, it's the the game within the game or the story with that's like hidden within the game is incredibly fascinating you know um it's i'm gonna be honest i don't love this game playing it like i'm not a twin six shooter fan i don't it's not my favorite type of roguelike um i've ever played it, it's just, i i am more of a fan of like the wizard of legend kind of roguelikes where like i can build out my kit a little bit before i go into the dungeon and i sure. can kind of practice combos and stuff like that ahead of time the the pure randomness of isaac i just i just don't love but the fact that there's so much hidden within this game it's it's immensely interesting you know uh it's so cool yeah and so Uh, one of those you know the barriers that you're talking about there is the the start out of the game can definitely be slow and it can be frustrating particularly when you're not familiar with uh, the movements of each of the mobs, um, when you don't know what the bosses do, that is frustrating. It makes the game really tough to get into. Once you have those kind of in your muscle memory that you know what this boss does, you know what to look for, you know where these mobs are going to go to, how many shots it takes to kill them, and you start getting the unlocks as you complete um, each of your runs, uh, the items become stronger, they uh, tend to sync better with each other, and you know what to look for. Um, that that's a kind of the key is when you first start you have no idea what these items are and after a hundred runs for me you know thousands of runs i know exactly what all of these items do what synergizes together and and how i can best complete the run right when you're first starting played it in scam and i i had played this game for about I don't know, 15 hours or so um when rebirth came out which was the i guess second release of it um I got, you know, pretty familiar with the items, but then when I picked it back up for uh, this episode, you basically have to, like, play the game with, uh, with like, a wiki page open yep. so you can understand what all the items do. And I think there were, like, a few times I kind of screwed up because I would still, um, like, one of the items you can get is, like, a pill, and it's, like, a mystery what it does, and you take it. It could be something good or something bad. And a lot of the times, if it's something bad, it's just, like, well, shit, the run's pretty much over now. Um, and that sort of thing can be frustrating, uh, when playing the game, and sometimes a run will just like die uh, yeah. because of some RNG or um, just you got too ambitious with your luck and something went wrong. Um, but I don't think it's as punishing as some roguelikes can be. Um, now, like I think more modern rogue games, kind of like you were saying, Tony, with uh, Wizards of Legend, are a bit more uh, consistent um, in order to kind of like promote. Um, just like better gameplay as opposed to mm-hmm. kind of like built like finding the right build during the game and isaac is definitely i think a of that older brand of roguelike that's much more rng based oh, yeah. kind of like ftl was another game we played for this yeah. um but i don't think it's as punishing um if you know what you're doing yeah right it, it, yeah the, the game becomes exponentially easier um as you get used to it i think one of the things that uh, has kept me coming back is the selection of characters where you can turn that up to punish yourself. Um, there's characters that have less health. There's characters that have more damage. There's characters that have no renewable health. Um, 
uh, you know, different abilities. And so, uh, again, it's one of those games where the replayability based on just how they have created it uh, has just kept me playing this forever. You know, it's such a good game. Yeah, all, all the different secrets and unlockables. Tony 2.0, you were talking about the, the the different characters. Like, unlocking each of those characters is a fun excursion of their own, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I unlocked a handful of characters as kind of like, okay, I need to set goals for myself. So I'm going to, like, fig- I'm going to try to unlock these characters, which sometimes they tell you how to unlock them and other times they don't. Um, but like the ones that give you a little bit of explanation, like, okay, I'm going to try to do that. or I'm going to try to do that. So it's like, it, it gives you reasons to play the game differently. And when you unlock those characters, it's like, oh, that's like a fun little thing. Or like when you find a secret room, when like you're, when you're using your bombs on the walls and you find that secret room, you're like, oh, that's really cool. It feels like there's, you know, a mystery or a secret around every corner. You know, it's a really, really solid package of a game, but I just don't like playing it. Like I just... I'm just not into the loop of it. Like, I know you guys are both talking about how, you know, once you understand all the items, the game's really great, but I can't stand a game that I have to have a wiki open to to not waste my time. You know, like, I played this entire game without that wiki open, and, you know, I would pick up every item that I could, because it's like, this has got to be good for me, right? And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's not the case at all. Like, oh, you I, poor fool. <laughs> I know, like, I've had runs <laughs> I've had runs completely ruined because I just didn't know what was going on. Like, this yep. one time in particular, I picked up an item that made my, my shots, my tears, uh, super fast, but they wouldn't shoot straight. You know, like, they would, they would go at, like, an angle. So it's like, I can't, I can't hit anything. Like, yep. this is a upgrade for me, but I can't overcome the negative with this and it made me it ended up ruining that run for me that was going really good before that and it's just like oh my lack of knowledge is what's holding me back which is usually fine for me in a game but at least have a wiki within the game that i can just press the start button and say okay what is this item like perfect example of a game that does this way better than binding of isaac um, that has similar mechanics is Enter the Gungeon. I really, really like that game. Another twin stick shooter. But whenever you pick up an item, I can hit start. I can look at, okay, what does this item do that I just picked up? And I can, at that point, read the little blurb that will give me some information. Usually not like a full explanation, but a general idea. And then I can know, oh, I'm either going to pitch this or try to sell it at a store or, or, or get rid of it in some way if it's not good. But, like, in this game, it's like, once you pick up that item, boom, it's there, and it can fuck your day up um, if you're not careful. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the things with Isaac is an upgrade is not always an upgrade. Um, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I've had plenty in, in, you know, the early times going through where great runs were ruined by um, by, by a bad item pickup. I think my, mm-hmm. my love for that kind of punishment comes from games in the same genre. So... You know, I was a bit. I'm a big Diablo player. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic, classic Diablo, Diablo Two, which is the same kind of thing. That doesn't hold your hand a whole lot, although the items tell you, um, <laughs> the items tell you what they do. Uh, they, ne- you, you never really knew what was part of the the set pieces, things like that. Um, not exactly the same kind of game with Diablo, but I, I think I've always kind of preferred to have to learn on the fly. It, it always has seemed just more like an accomplishment when you become good at a game like that versus, um, you know, when it, they just hold your hand through the whole game. Yeah. I can understand that. 
I think I would kind of like to uh, Tony Tony One point um, about <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the punishing difficulty of it or the punishingness of it. Um, the way that Isaac is different than say like I don't know like the the camera style like, is very reminiscent of the first Legend of Zelda game, yeah. and that game I think would be is very difficult and requires a lot of um, you putting in the time and effort to learn both the map and the enemies and kind of the systems with it. But with Isaac, there can be irreversible negative outcomes mm-hmm. as opposed to just like a like a game over screen and have to like respawn real quick or like yeah i mean talk about the game the first game ever to not hold your hand i think zelda would probably be right up there <laughs> at the top right yeah 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 I, I that's actually a really good point that i hadn't thought about is that like that parallel right to like the old nes games where yeah they didn't give you any sort of um, hand holding or tutorials. It's just like boom, go into the game and figure it out. Yeah, better um, learn how to play, or it's going to be a rough one. Right, exactly. But but like the thing that that kept me playing this game was I got really really frustrated uh, with playing this game this time. I, I had played it previously when it came out on PS Plus, like for free, and I played it then. I was like, oh, this is like an interesting game, yada yada yada. I, I played it for a little bit, then kind of forgot about it. But what frustrated me this time was that. Um, was the, the the fact that items can can make you fail? But what what kept me coming back? Because I used to I was playing on my commute on my switch. Um, what kept me putting my switch into my bag every time was just the amount of secrets. Like that oh that what do you remember that one cool ass build I got that I've never seen that item again? But man, it was really really rad when I had that combo. Yeah. Like I still remember the combination I had the first time I beat the mother you know like the final boss like I, I remember it clear as day because i had like giant tears that are moving super fast that would like move in an arc it was like they, they would like move it would like move in an arc but then go in a circle and like kind of home to the enemies a little bit and i could just spam them on the screen and all i had to worry about was movement like my shots were always hitting their mark or at least like general area hitting its mark but all I had to focus on was dodging attacks. So by taking out the aiming mechanic, I could really focus on movement. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't getting hit as much. You know, like it made it way easier for me to succeed uh, when I had that perfect build. And I'm sure uh, 2.0, you've had that happen to you a bunch of times, which keeps you, you know, reinvesting into it. Oh yeah, and and you know, like for you, you, you know, you talk about the ending boss as as mom in mom's room well <laughs> the ending boss is five six bosses deeper than that oh my so, god yeah um <laughs> you know that's that's the part of it where when i started playing i i didn't i didn't watch streamers i just picked it up and started playing it because i was such a fan of um meat boy and so yeah. uh once i learned like oh correct you beat this thing 10 times and then it opens up another thing Oh, and then you get choices to go even deeper than that. Oh, and then there's super, super devil, and, like, it's it's crazy. Um, that That is one of those things where I don't think there's a, a whole lot of games that continue to open up for you. Like, for me, if, you know, 500 hours in and I can still unlock things. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, 500 hours in, I think I have three quarters of the achievements done. Um, yeah. And I, I haven't even done most of the achievement runs yet, so. Yeah. Yeah. This game really does reward the replayability more so than really any other roguelike that I've touched. And um, 
even like you were talking about Tony with like when you get that like cool build that really works like that part of the gameplay is so satisfying and it like you keep coming back to like kind of like try to find that high again and when you do it's just like everything clicks and it's it's a it's a pretty sublime experience it's one of those things where you start to notice um different items that work really well and you start finding them and then you're like oh i need to find this every time uh and then the next time you've unlocked something different and that item is even twice as good uh and it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's just so rewarding to keep kind of mixing and matching um before i you know as we were discussing doing this for the show tony i sent you that link to um the platinum Mm -hmm. god page that has everything on it which is that would have been really helpful like my first 200 hours and uh it wasn't until like i started watching a good friend of mine who used to stream this every once in a while he's flipping back and forth and i asked him like what are you looking at and he finally sent me the page and um that's probably that's probably my age showing there is uh not you know not being scared being scared of the internets <laughs> but but yeah like i i can totally see where you guys are coming from and like just you telling me that there's so much more in the, like i know there's more in this game that i don't know but like oh i have to beat this game several several times to start getting even more stuff like that's where i'm like god i i should probably go play that game some more you know like that it, it's really it's really cool that that's how the game is built and uh, i just wish i liked like the mechanic yeah more. that like format. even yeah like have you tried it on I, pc because i feel like it would be weird on joysticks or a controller i know a lot so, of people yeah. like it but on on mouse and keyboard you know just it's and it's not on mouse it's just keyboard you use yeah. your you know you use your uh, wasd and then your yeah, arrow wands. buttons and so, like, to me, I feel like that is, it's so much easier, because if you're good with a computer, you know, using a keyboard, it's so easy to just pay attention to, you know, what's shooting at you versus where your controls are. Right. Like, I, I thought about that, but I'm, I'm actually mainly a controller player. Like, sure. anytime I'm given a controller as an option, I'm going to use that, because I'm just way better at my... So, like, it wasn't that I couldn't control the game, because... I like Enter the Gungeon. Like, I really, yeah. really like that game. And that loop, I like more so. And, and I, I'm struggling to figure out exactly what is it that Gungeon does that I like that I don't like in Isaac. Like, I, I'm really trying to, to fully understand what it what it is. And, and maybe it's just because I played more of Gungeon. Like, that hit me at a time when I was really... Mm-hmm where I needed a game like that. Sure. Whereas this game is like, it hit me at a time where I've already played a couple of roguelikes I really liked. It's like, God, I wish this game had that, or I wish this game had that. I will say, though, if every roguelike had the ARG story that this game does, like, oh my God. Yeah, they'd be time sucks, just like this one is for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jake, did you... Did you look up the the kind of the the story of the ARG that went along with uh, I think it was Rebirth is when that no Afterbirth Afterbirth a plus kind of initial so it was supposed to come out with Rebirth and something was wrong with the programming and so he it really came out on Afterbirth plus which is the most um, most recent uh, you know, yeah. patch for it. Uh, I hadn't heard about any of this. I guess. Kind of where this game falls apart for me is I 
don't care whatsoever about the story. I know there's a lot of like really like hidden details in there to like expand upon whatever strange lore there is going on here. I don't I don't really care. Like whenever like something like a cutscene or whatever pops up, I'm just skipping through it as fast as I can just to get to the gameplay more. Um so that's just like a part of it I never really engaged with. Yeah. Yeah, it's the like the story cuz I I followed this story um years ago as it was happening like not even playing the game or anything like that it's just it's an interesting story in in and of itself you know how uh the lost and the keeper how those characters are unlocked like it's fascinating like it, it like you have to go do something like clues within the game led the hardcore players to find things in the real world that pointed them to a phone number that you call and then there's a voicemail and then you have to like decode this message in the voicemail that sends you to this place that like it uh, culminates in a team of like six guys. They found this location that you had to dig up a trophy that had another code on it that gave you like the password to this Twitter account that um, you know, the creator, Ed uh, McMullen, he, uh, he's like, okay, I'll push the patch to the game and then this unlocks this, you know? Um, <laughs> it was, it, it's incredibly fascinating. I know Kotaku did a really, really good write-up of um, the entirety of the story and like kind mm-hmm. of the journey of these players to unlock these hidden things. And then there's still things that are haven't been unlocked yet, right? 2.0? Yeah. Like, there's still stuff there that nobody knows how to get at. Yeah, there's still lots of, of little uh, little secrets and hints dropped by the, you know, the dev and the, um, the stuff that, like, even me, who's so invested in the game, doesn't really care about. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's the thing is, like, if I ever really wanted to get into that side of the game, uh, you know, that'd be great. Um, yeah, it uh, however, crazy. Uh, I, again, I haven't even unlocked all the stuff that I can unlock. I have like a you know a few sets that I love to run, and um, it keeps it, it. You know, one of the other great parts of this game is that you can pause it at any point in your run and come back to it later. There yeah, is not, that's actually a really good point. There is not very many games in this genre or period where you can be going. You're like, oh, I have this great build. Oh crap, my kids yelling or. Uh, the house is on fire, and you can pause it and come back and pick up where you're at. And uh, I, I, I've always really liked that about this game. Is uh, It's just a, a really easy, simple mechanic that you would think lots of other things would have. But, um, you know, in the, I think we're more in the time of, like, the first-person shooter, the battle royales, where, you know, there's no stop. It's play till the end or till you die and then, yeah. uh, you know, start over. And so um, something that simple... I think it, you know it being a gamer in an, in the era of Nintendo and Super Nintendo without saves that mm-hmm. makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah. it, it's a really good point. Like I found this game to be a very engaging commute game for me cuz I could sit down on a commute. It's going to be either 20 minutes or it could be up to an hour depending on traffic. And it's I could sit there and do run after run, but if it's like, oh, my stop's coming up, or I'm about to, I have to go step into work, pause, and then I could just come back to it later. It's just, 
it's great for that. It, it, it is really good for that. But yeah, and so, I, I think, you know, in full clears, just so, uh, you know, you're aware, I'm not sure if either of you got any full clears on it, but a full clear uh, runs about 50 minutes. Uh, so if you're, you know, someone like me who plays this routinely, a full clear for me in the base game is about oh, wow. 50 minutes. 50 yeah. minutes? So I did not get a full clear. I watched a few videos of, like, the full clear sure. and... Yeah, I didn't even I didn't get that deep into it. I've gotten I think I have about uh, twenty five hours or so on my. Uh, Dude, and people speed yeah. run this game, I, like I think I think that's so cool. I've, yeah. You know I've never seen it on like an AGDQ. I'd love to you know I'd love yeah. to see it in a GDQ. But people people speed run this game, which is kind of is kind of fun to, yeah, uh, it, to watch. I, watching uh, roguelites in general be speed run is always just such a fucking sweet thing. Like I watch the Enter the Gungeon speed run, and the guy actually fails. Like he didn't make it all the way through, uh, which is oh. yeah, which is really oh, kind of really? crazy to yeah. to watch at one of those events. But but yeah, it's it's like it's hard, and it's the guys that can speed run this game. It's like so you're saying that the game will throw randomly anything at you, and you're able to make the best of every situation. Like the skill of that is very intriguing to me. I don't know if I ever want to sit down to get to that point, but I respect the hell out of somebody who can, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where this game is randomly not random. So every, and and honestly, you start to notice patterns. So like me, basically, I don't have to have the map that shows you where the hidden rooms are. There's always keys and indications to where those hidden rooms are, and it's about 90% true. You you see how the room's set up, you see where the mobs were, and oh, that's there's a secret room there. And so... Um, running this over and over and over again, you start to learn like, okay, these mobs are here. They, these are how they act. This is how I can kill them quickly. And um, it, it's more of, yes, they can pop up in any style room. And Rebirth made that a little harder with the expanded mob sets and room mm-hmm. um, styles. But it's, yeah, you know, it's not, comp- it's not really random when you know what sure. the mobs do. Yeah. So with how much time you've put into this 2.0 like how i guess like tony and i've been talking about how punishing and difficult and uh kind of like how the rng can be uh uh unfriendly but uh like for you like how frequently do you get like a full clear when you play like sit down for a playthrough so if i there's kind of and i kind of gave tony a little secret to this if you want to get good with it um, you can reset your loading screen until you find a room that has a starting um, item in it. So you have a room next to it that has a starting item. Um, and mm-hmm. so you can do that in the beginning parts to find good items or just learn the items. And so a lot of people that will do quicker speed runs, you it's so RNG heavy that you have to, to speed run it, you need a good starting yeah. item. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for me, if I do it that way, I'll clear 100%. If I start with a decent item, I'll clear 100%. Okay. If you're just doing it based off of total RNG, it's still probably only about... I could I could do it. I just don't like investing over an hour in a run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say probably 50% just based on dumb luck. Right, yeah. If it's not like great yeah. from the beginning, it is a definitely an investment. What's... Well, well, that's that's good. <laughs> it's yeah, better than I'm clear, right? Um, what like so? What is a <laughs> a speed run, like a, a legit speed run, like a world record run? Like what does that look like? I don't. 
God, I don't know what the world record is, but I'm guessing it's around 20 minutes, which is ridiculous. Uh, so I was watching a few speed runs of it uh, earlier today, and I found a category that's really cool. So like each um, randomly generated map has a seed to it, and if you like generate the specific seed that optimizes it, I think the world one world uh, run record was like a little less than like four oh, minutes. Well, this, yeah. I don't. I have it was the speed run right here posted three days ago, which is the number one uh, speed run for a one character clear it looks like three minutes and 26 seconds yeah those have to be on pre-populated seeds because you could you just couldn't yeah do it in yeah. a random seed there's just no way yeah once you can map those things then it doesn't become the game that binding of isaac is once you have that seed you know then you know exactly what's going to happen and you can um move through like it quite seven quickly. characters says here is like more like an hour and 25 two hours for a 10 character um run yeah that's a that's a clear with every character that's that's crazy i'll have to watch that because that's pretty interesting um that's like watching uh you know i I used to really like to watch like dark souls runs and so that's uh that's one of those things yeah uh, yeah, it'd be fun to watch you know i want i wanted to mention you know while we're chatting about this one of the other reasons that i really like binding of isaac is it really, for the most part, brought back this genre of games. Um, yep. A lot of games that are coming out now, particularly just off the top of my head, um, you know, the one I'm thinking of is No Man's Sky. You know, that was this huge game that didn't end up being as huge as it probably could have been. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of really big hype. You know, the same thing. Did you guys ever play, like, um, Space Engineers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it kind of laid the groundwork for bringing back this genre if you look at um, you know like a list of procedurally generated games, basically from 2012, uh, the original Binding of Isaac was in 2011, but it was a Flash game at the time. So basically, about 2014, the numbers of procedurally generated games has just skyrocketed after Isaac, you know, Binding of Isaac took off. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is the little indie game that could, um, you know, two million units sold. Or something, you know, something over that. Now I'm sure uh, for this oh, yeah. game is, you know, pretty astounding. Yeah, it's this is one of those games that you know, if you're kind of plugged into gaming, like you've heard about, even if you've never played it, it's just one. It's it's huge. It, it's it's so well made. It like mm-hmm. even yeah. though I feel like I. I struggle with the controls, and I'm not good at the gameplay loop. I can res- I respect the hell out of the fact that it controls kind of as smoothly as it does. You know, like, once you start getting into a groove, it feels like you're kind of dancing around enemies. You know, once you kind of get that waltz going with them where you can, you're kind of backing up and circling around them and, like, making sure you're, like, you're, you're sh- like your shots are all landing, like, it's... It feels pretty good yeah. when there's you also, get you know, into also, that feel. Like, there's also like a two or three item spike too. So at three three decent items with damage or shot speed, you know, you start to really pick up the pace. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. And kind of to your point, uh, 2.0 a bit, um, this game, like despite everything we say about it, like you can tell the developers obviously cared so damn much and poured their heart and souls into this. And that just shows in the gameplay and all the like the little story quirks and the ARG thing they did and that um I think is one of the biggest testaments to how this game 
was so successful and became so influential was just like it's always great to see a game where you can just tell there was so much love poured into it yeah. and there's, there's such a cool you know there's a pretty good community still supporting it um i know everyone let's see you know rebirth came out two years ago yeah and i know or a that year ago Rebirth Plus came out last year. Yeah, after Birth Plus came out last year. Oh, that's year. it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, that's Rebirth, the actual... So it's yeah. Binding of Isaac, then Rebirth, then Afterbirth, right? Yeah, and then right? Afterbirth Plus. It was Rebirth, Afterbirth Plus. So uh, I know everybody's kind of chomping at the bit. I've seen on the Reddit a few times that people are wondering if he's going to do another one or expand it a little bit more. But uh, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm still... I play this game probably about an hour a night right before bed just to kind of clear my head it's great for that hmm hmm um the last thing i wanted to br bring up was i don't know about you guys but i don't think i've ever played a game that is you feels like you can smell it you know, like, it's grimy. <laughs> the game is so grimy, you know? Like, the enemies are all these little decapitated bodies or little pieces of shit or flies or... Or the crying babies. Yeah, I know. Or crying babies mm -hmm. or, like, basically yeah. dick monsters. Your weapon that... in this is our tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, so fucking... It's, like, specific to its vision the entire time. The game's very... Uh, its own thing, you know. It doesn't feel like it's being referenced. Like there's, it's, it's not. There's no frame of reference here. It's like you kind of gotta see that game. Oh, this is definitely then, a unique experience. Like the, oh, I, yeah. I love the sounds in this game. Playing through it, it's, um, it's one of those really well. I don't know if it's voice. It has to be voice acted. Somebody had to have made those sounds at some point, and it's just you as you play through it and those mobs are making those noises it's so yeah it's it's really endearing to me to you know, it's it's super nostalgic to a time where things were created for 8-bit sound systems and those games are iconic i feel like this sound is really iconic to it um to your point of the can smell a game um you know to reference an old uh procedurally generated game um toe jam and earl that was about the only oh, yeah. one where uh, you know, I could kind of f see what you're saying there with you know, kind of smell the dinginess of this game if it were, uh, you know, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the thing, the thing to me that like it's so it's so funny. It's such a weird thing. Like, so there's just pieces of shit everywhere on the stage. These nicely <laughs> coiled pieces of shit. And some of them have, like, pieces of corn in it. It's just, like... Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. It's the grossest video game, I, I swear. It's yeah, the even, grossest Even game. just to play, pick it up when it's, you know, two bucks or four bucks on a Steam sale, uh, just to see the visuals, it's pretty hilarious. Like, um, Mom's Leg, you know, when you're fighting Mom, and mm -hmm. uh, her, she's, it's just this Ooh. cellulite-infused leg in a high heel that comes down oh it's so fun it makes me laugh so much yeah it's 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 pretty it's like it's so juvenile but it's like it's pretty good it's 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 pretty good oh if you if you get off on like uh fart noise humor this is the game for you <laughs> i think with the benefit of hindsight it comes across as like a little like edge lordy at times but i, I can still like respect it marching the beat of its own drum sure yeah it's yeah. uh <laughs> it, it's Definitely. an experience that's for sure
Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Very much so. Jake, what's what's your uh, stupid rating for this game? My stupid rate, my stupid like coherent one to five rating <laughs> that I have. Um, yeah, I guess kind of get into the final thoughts. Um, like I, you know, I've definitely like had my like weird little nitpicky gripes with it, and like don't really care about like the deeper story a whole bunch. But this game is just. It's fantastically made. It's fun to play. It can give you a, like a great feeling, and um, I like roguelikes, and this is one of the best, uh, if not the best. Um, I don't know. I'm torn. I like. I'm torn between four and five right now, and I don't want to do a half. But uh, no halves. Only holes. No halves. Only holes. I just think because of uh, some of my frustrations with it, um, I would give it a four. But like, it's it's a it's a it's a high four. I really really do like this game. A high four. What the fuck? Oh fuck off. A four is a four. <laughs> I'm allowed. Okay. What uh what strict uh coherent rating are you gonna give it, uh, Anthony? I think I'm going to give this game fifty tightly coiled pieces of shits out of <laughs> a, a, a poop snake monster. <laughs> Love that's it. a pretty that's pretty high praise there <laughs> right they all right 2.0 if you had to give this game a rating i mean like you've played this game uh, uh you said like 500 hours something oh, like yeah. that like, yeah on a scale of one to 520 yeah. hours <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'll tell you what the way that you judge this game is based off of the player base i feel like if you were someone that grew up in the 80s and 90s playing video games like platformers this is this is a five if if you're that kind of um gamer i I think it fits everyone but kind of that add generation of um you know team deathmatch gamers that that is kind of arising it may not be the game for you you know for me this kind of hits all of the points that i want in a game replayability uh nostalgia and and bang for your buck man I, i don't think you can beat a game that you can put even if you got a hundred hours out of a five or ten dollar game, I think you've well and and paid for you know the experience. It's a pretty good pretty good uh, spending there. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I totally agree with that because I, I used to think about uh, games like this where like all right, if I paid sixty dollars for this game but only played it for five hours and that was like the breadth of like let's say that's seventy percent of the content, like that's fucked up. You know, AAA games. Yeah can sometimes do that but i mean we're starting to kind of move away from that with open world games now and and just games that are getting bigger and bigger for that 60 dollars. but i i think this is the perfect game for like where you're like you said kind of where you're at in your life period not not necessarily just age but like i bet gaming fathers love this game you know yeah. like i, I have think it's perfectly a, made for I, that i'm in that subset i like it yeah yeah like like if i have a two-year-old or like a two-month-old baby and i have no idea when i'm actually going to be able to play a game i i'm not going to jump on heroes of the storm and play a game that could go anywhere from 15 minutes to 40 minutes like i don't have that kind of time i need to be able to pause it and, and just come back to it later and and not have to worry about kind of a multiplayer session like this is the perfect game for somebody who wants like a bite-sized gameplay loop that can be expanded the, the better you get at it, I guess. Right, and it goes so deep, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to put past the bang for your buck thing. I routinely buy the new 
um, Tomb Raider games, uh, you know, the Thief games, things like that, where you spend $60 for 12 hours of gameplay, which is, after you beat it, is not that replayable. And so mm-hmm. that, to me, is, is frustrating. Uh, even trying, like for me, I don't know about you guys, but when you play a game and you've beaten it, there's not really that much incentive to go back and 100% anything anymore. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, with so many choices out there. So, uh, again, the, the money is so well spent as far as my gaming dollars go that, um, you know, I, I would give it a five hands down. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... Well, that, I think that'll do it for uh, for this episode 2.0. Shout out to uh, um, get 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 your plugs in. You want people to follow you on Twitter or? Um, yeah, it's to- it, my my handle everywhere is Tony 2.0. It's um, spelled out the two P O I N T zero. I'm on Twitch, Twitter, uh, ramblings of a madman virtually everywhere in the internet space. <laughs> follow him on Live Journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jake, where can you find us? Oh, well, you can email us at uh, hey, I like that game at gmail.com, and we also have our Twitter at uh, I like that game, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tony, might be where our next game recommendation came from. That is true. So, next episode, we are going to be playing this. I think this is a classic game, and so does my brother, who, who gave us the recommendation via Twitter. Um, the game is the GameCube classic, Sega mm. Soccer Slam. Nice. It's basically NBA Jam, but it's a soccer game with a lot of really racial stereotypes. It's great. It's really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely tune in for the next episode. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. And uh, 2.0, thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, I know it kind of turned into like a interview about how to beat Binding of Isaac uh, a little bit there, but I you know, appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk about the game with no, us. No, guys, thank you so much for having me on. All right, cool. Uh, so next episode, Sega Soccer Slam. Tune in. Peace. Next time. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Hey. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>